Sunday Gravy. Welcome to Sunday Gravy. This is a podcast based on recent sermons of High Point Community Church, as well as anything else that just happens to be on our mind. If you would like to contact us, you'll find all of our information at highpointcommunitychurch.org or highpoint.community. And now on with the show. Right, welcome to Sunday Gravy. This is Blake along with uh, Joey and Matt, and we are glad to be back here with you guys. Today is Tuesday, January 31st. We're coming to you to review Sunday, January 29th here at High Point Community Church. And uh, did you guys have a good weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Moving on. All right. They, they, uh, <laughs> I thought it was a good Sunday. Yeah. We had a great Sunday. We had uh, We gave out t-shirts. We did. So if you're listening to this and you didn't receive a, a T-shirt, then make sure that you get one on, on Sunday. Don't be getting any extras now. Mm. <laughs> it's it's right. one, one shirt per body, and you got to be present to get it. But um, the, the point, would you, you want to tell people what the point of the shirts is or why we do that? Yeah, the shirts are, they have like the Greek um Logo. I say Greek logo. It's actually the Greek letter for the word in, I-N. And um, the reason that we're doing that is because in 2023, we're we're challenging High Point. Um, Every person that's there, whether you're a member, an attender, or you've just been kicking the tires for a few weeks, we're challenging everybody um, to really take a long, hard look at what our mission is, what our vision is. And then ask yourself this question, am I in? Mm-hmm. Am I all in? And, and and I think that's so important because so many so many Christians nowadays want to go to church and live off the grid. Yeah. And so this is a challenge to kind of say, hey, are you in? And if you are, let's go. And and we're with you all the way. And so so the shirt actually has the the Greek um, you know, letter for in, but it then it has kind of this little saying around it in a circle that says a journey to be in. Mm-hmm. And so this is most definitely a journey to be in. Um, and the, and there's never been a better time than the present cause let's work while the day is dawning kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so we ran out of big sizes, like soup, the big sizes, um, double X and triple X. We actually doubled our order on those sizes or really all of them. We, we ordered the amount that we, that we got in the first two orders of the black shirts that we purchased last year, mm-hmm. and we ran out of those, those big ones. But uh, we'll I don't think that's a sign that people have gotten larger, I think. That's <laughs> <laughs> not, not what I'm trying to say, okay. but, but, I, but I said it. Uh, anyway. Here's it's, a trail mix. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I, I will say th- this year's shirt I haven't actually put put it on yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be we ask everybody to wear them this next Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, and but it seems like it's going to be really comfortable compared to last year's. I like last year's. Yeah. I have no no issues with it at all. But I'm just saying the it's it's like a it's real soft. Yeah, yeah, that soft feel. Um, it's nice when you put it on, and 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 but the the downfall is is what we were getting at is they are a little slimmer. Yeah. So that's, I think that's why some people are going up in size, but, yeah. but yeah. And, and, and for somebody that doesn't know, maybe somebody outside of our points, like, why are you, why are you giving out t-shirts? Yeah. We, we give them out 
because this is kind of like our theme for the year. Mm-hmm. And then everybody wears their shirt on the first Sunday of each month because we'll be doing a new series. Mm-hmm. So, you know why I like it? Because I ain't got to think about what I got to wear that Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yep. All you got to think about is what's going over it. That's right. Because <clears throat> they are t-shirts and it's going to be cold. So mm-hmm. Yeah, for the first couple months. Yeah. Then it'll be all right. About February it'll be. Well, no, that's this week. But. <laughs> <laughs> so we we were going to skip over our uh, Say What uh, segment for today because we were, we were going to need some additional time. Also, um, because last week we promised you guys we would uh, talk a little more about worship than we have, uh, you know, we didn't want it to come across as though like worship was an afterthought. I know mm-hmm. sometimes it can feel like that because we spend a lot of time talking about the sermon, rightfully so. And then uh, we'll kind of just say, so what songs did you do, Matt? All right, thanks for being here. And then <laughs> move on. So uh, anyway, so we wanted to give a little more time to that today. But um, so we're going to kind of flip flop. We're going to talk about the sermon for sure. And then we'll get into worship. Is that cool? Y'all have yeah. any? Okay. Any objections? Okay. (laughs) So we're just going to go ahead and jump right in talking about the sermon from Sunday. We were still, uh, this is the last Sunday of the January series uh, entitled In Vision. And really from the very beginning of the sermon, now I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I got pulled out in the service I was in, which was the second service. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, I got pulled out of the service twice during your sermon. So. Everything okay? Everything was fine. Mm-hmm. It was just little fires that needed to be put out. Nothing somebody needed, whatever. But mm-hmm. it it wasn't nothing major, but it, something I was able to take care of both times and then come right back. So I meant, I'm, I might have some gaps. Okay. So I'm just putting that out there. I didn't want you to think I wasn't listening. I wasn't in the room. But I can tell you where I left the room. Okay. Okay. So... <laughs> uh, <laughs> You did jump right into the text this this week. There wasn't, I mean, you had an intro, but it wasn't like very long. You got mm-hmm. right into Galatians 6 really quick. Mm. And we were in Galatians 6, verses 2 through 10, um, kind of really picking up right where we left off, talking about Paul emphasizing the importance of our heart and ears over mm-hmm. our hands, mm-hmm. essentially, because playing off the thing that you did the week before with the, Hulk hands and Dumbo ears and all that. Mm-hmm. But that's what Paul is emphasizing essentially is, you know, um, what we had heard, right? The mm-hmm. word the word that we had heard and how it had affected our hearts versus what they were doing with their hands. Um, and because they were trying to emphasize it was the Jesus plus something, like God's word plus something, right. So, which was for them circumcision. Mm-hmm. And so you, um, one of the first notes that I wrote down was, you know, if Paul is saying, you know, if you just have to have your hands involved, like if you just have to do something then, and I can't remember what verse this was in response to, but it was then bear one another's burdens. It was, yeah. What what verse was that? That was two. Okay. Verse two. Yeah. So that's why I got it first. Right. (laughs) Anything there? Well, I mean, yeah, for, I mean, ultimately they were, they were, buying into this idea that salvation wasn't enough that in order you still had to fulfill some part of the law. And so Paul just comes out of the gate and was like, well, look, if you, if you're that bent on doing something with your hands work, Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and you and you want to quote unquote fulfill the law, then do fulfill the law of Christ, which is bear one another's burdens. Yeah. You know, and he's referring back to what Jesus said in John chapter thirteen. You know, where he, Jesus said, "A new commandment I give you." that you love one another right. and bear each other's burdens. From there you went into it, it, it. The first few minutes felt kind of like reviewish to me in terms of, you know, the week before, because then you went into the whole, uh, we hear, then we believe, then mm-hmm. our hands go to work. So yeah. it was, we hear, we believe, then our hands go to work. I, I really like that. Right after that is when I got pulled out the first time, because and this is what was so bad about it. You said, if you're taking notes, write this down. And then somebody's like, hey, yeah. Blake, hey, Blake, oh, come here. Great, great. And so I have no idea what you said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, basically that that little statement, we hear, we believe, then our hands go to work, mm-hmm. that's kind of like the crutch that we were swinging all this off of is just uh, we, we hear, we believe, and when those two are solid, then we go to work with our hands. And so... Um, Paul is saying here, if if you have had ears to hear the gospel, mm-hmm. uh, and you have believed in your heart the gospel, yeah, okay. If those two are done, if those two are solid, mm-hmm. then your hands are ready to carry the gospel. Gotcha. In other words, it is time for you to see the gospel change other people's lives, like it has yours. Yeah. And so the thing that I want everybody to write down is kind of the title of the sermon, firsthand. Like that, those were the two words I want everybody to write down because the title of the sermon is firsthand experience. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of like unique. What's unique in this message is I, I downplayed the hand so much. And so did Paul you know, leading up to this point. But now Paul is like, now let me show you how important the hands are. And that's kind of, and so, because I think so many people are like, I think that's where people are off the grid and MIA in church is like, I've heard and I have believed. Therefore, I'm good. Yeah. And Paul's like, okay, but there's still a third part to this equation. You know, yeah. it has nothing to do with what was accomplished in the first two, but it certainly is a response to it. And so that, so, so the challenge was from that point forward is just uh, to experience this firsthand. But what you're going to see and what's coming up next is, but you've got something blocking the way. Okay. Is that pride? Well, Blake, you did a great job. Well, okay, awesome. Excellent. Well, the reason I ask is because I made note when you walk back in the room, listen intently as you're walking back in so you know what he's saying. (laughs) No, I'm serious. Okay. The very first thing that I heard you say when I walked back in the room is nothing is more deceitful than a person's pride. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. So, so I so I so I didn't miss a whole lot there then. No, no. Okay. okay. You didn't. Not at all. Okay. I don't know what you were doing, but so you, it didn't you, take you long. You too can just <laughs> jump out of the sermon at any moment and come right back in. And you won't miss much. As long as you listen to this part. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but that was the note that I wrote down when I came back in because you know, I take notes on my phone and so as soon as I walked back in, I was listening. And as soon as I sat down, yeah. what you were saying as I was coming back in was nothing is more deceitful than a person's pride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you said not on, pride not only deceives us, but it paralyzes us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the deception, I think, is important to know that we, that, that was pulled, <clears throat> excuse me, that was pulled from verse three. Okay. Um, where it says, For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Yeah. And so 
the question in the handouts was, how do we deceive ourselves? Well, it, the verse says it. Yeah. You deceive yourselves when you think you're important when you're not, or you think you're something when you're not. And where does that come from? Mm-hmm. What, what is in you that causes you to think you're something when you're not? Right. It's pride. It's that self-focus. But um, I think what's so important, especially if somebody wasn't there Sunday, that they understand what we mean when we say pride. Because a lot of people think pride is when you say, I'm better than you are. That's what people think pride is. It causes people to think, I'm better than you. But in reality, pride simply says not that. It actually says that I'm more important than you are. And that that's key because so many people will listen to their pride and their pride says, I deserve more of my own attention and love than you do. In other words, I need to spend more time on me than you because I am more important than you are, mm. at least to myself, mm. right? And so um, when, when, we, when we do that, then we don't, we kind of go against what Paul was saying in verse two. We're not, we're not bearing each other's burdens, yeah. you know? And so it, it becomes, it becomes very easy to say, look, how can I take care of you when I can't even handle my own stuff? Mm-hmm. Like we've heard that before, you know, it's like, how can, how can I bear your burdens when I can't even keep my own act together? Right. Right. It, and so, so that's kind of, and that, and people don't understand it, but that's pride. Yeah. That's pride calling out. That's where you, when you started talking about that is when you went verse four and five and you started getting into the contrast between carrying a load versus carrying a burden. Right. Right. That's, that, that's where pride paralyzes us. Um, cause he says in verse four, but let each one test his own work and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor for each will have to bear his own load. And you got to know that what he's referring to there is judgment day, um, mm-hmm. standing before Christ, giving an account for your works mm-hmm. as a believer. And, uh, and, and I just made the distinction between the two words, load and burden. Yeah. Uh, and go and ahead. The, il- the illustration that you used was the backpack that you were packing for Kilimanjaro for the trip there. You yeah. talked about packing your load for essentially for you. Because the word load in the Greek means backpack. Okay. Okay. And you you talked about as you were packing it, you realize later on after the fact, after the trip got canceled and all that, that you realize that everything that you'd put in the backpack was for your benefit on only. Yeah. Like, there like was that. not a single thing in there that would have benefited y'all. Yeah. Other than I'm carrying my own load and you ain't got to carry my load. I got my own stuff. Yeah. And so I'm not a burden on y'all. Yeah. That was kind of the mindset. Yeah. Other than the fact that you won't die on the way up because you've got stuff that benefits you, and then I don't have to carry your body. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Barring that issue, <laughs> I thought that, I actually thought that 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 simple aspect of it though was very that was a that was a good illustration for that purpose alone. Is that everything that you're that you're carrying is for your benefit? Yeah, and only for your benefit. Yeah, because I think the point of that was just. W- you know, I wasn't thinking about y'all, mm-hmm. and it never dawned on me that there might be some of you not summit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there was a couple of guys going. I tell you what, I may get up there, and you know, when it go when it jumps from you know 30 degrees to you know 20 below, right? Between where we were camp, where our campsite would be, and where we would summit, right? I think I'll just stay right here in the tent, you know, (laughs) but, but beyond that, it it never dawned on me, like, how silly would that be if me and my load made it to the top of the mountain 
and the picture was me up there with holding the flag. And what does that say about me when there's 10 other men that I did not help make that journey with me, you mm-hmm. know, so, or help carry their load. And so that was, that was kind of the, the whole premise there was that a lot of times we, we, um, we get paralyzed because we are, we're taking care of our own, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and we're para, we we're our pride focus, you know, focuses us in on ourselves. And, um, and so, and when we do that, it's easy for us then to just really become kind of like, kind of like, okay, I got my own tent, I got my own backpack, and I've got my own little world, and and, and hopefully you guys can keep up. And, yeah. and and so the reason I say that is because when you get in your own tent with your own load and your own little world, um, it's easy for you then at that point to kind of like, you know, say, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not even sure if I really have to climb up the rest of the mountain, you know, it's like, mm. I can vicariously live through other climbers, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. because I can justify me staying right here in the tent mm-hmm. and, you know, and say, Hey, well, you know what? I look, I don't got to pr- look, I don't have to summit. I don't have to prove this to myself and I don't have to prove it to anybody else. I can just be right here where I'm at. You guys go on. And, and I think, and, and the reason I say that is because that's what a couple of guys told us mm-hmm. before we even went on the trip. They're right. like, I ain't got to, I ain't got a summit to be the man. Right. And and I'm and I'm like yeah, but that's not the point. The point is is that we do this together because there is going to come a day, and I think where this is important, there is going to come a day when you stand before God, and when you do, you can't you can't refer to what somebody else has done. Right. You you know what I'm saying? Like you can't say, well, I was a part of a church that reached out and carried the gospel to the world, right. or that I sit and sit there and listen to sermons that moved my heart, you know, or. Um, or, hey, I gave some rousing speeches and got guys going to where they were doing something. And the point is, was that pride keeps you from experiencing this firsthand. Yeah. Like pride keeps you always secondhand, thirdhand, fourthhand, which mm. is why why churches or Christians are quick to go, you know, and this kind of gets back to something we talked about a couple of podcasts ago. It's why Christians get to the point where they're like, hey, I'll, would you come share your testimony? Now, I believe testimonies are big, but the problem with testimonies is the listeners because the listeners are listening to what God is doing in someone else's life, and somehow they make pride makes it their own. Hmm. They're like, because I heard that guy's story, I feel like I'm a part of that story, and so whatever reward he gets, that's going to be mine as well. I know that sounds crazy, but that's how those, kind of the conscious sometimes thinks. At some point, we've got to realize I can't, I can't live off somebody else's Christianity. Yeah. Like I have to have that firsthand experience myself. Mm-hmm. I have to. I have to be. I can't be just moved in my heart by what what God is doing elsewhere. I have to see where He's at work and join Him. Mm-hmm. You see that yeah, that's kind yeah. of the mindset. I, I it has to get into action. Yeah. So. The the statement that you made when you were talking about that was when you stand before God, you want to make sure you have dirt under your nails. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was good. So that <laughs> that kind of led into really kind of how you summarize the the message was you know how do you overcome pride how do you overcome the paralysis caused by pride and the answer being patience you yeah. know the answer hey, nobody wants to hear yeah <laughs> don't grow weary don't lose heart like be patient you yeah know? um the uh the quote that i wrote down there 
toward at the very end was lord i can't carry the load but i know that you can carry me that kind of thing that's the resolve mm. that's what you have to which by the way matt what did you think of when you heard that mm. lord i can't carry the load but i know you can carry me. uh <laughs> you know what i'm about to say <laughs> yeah <laughs> what do you think we were thinking of well I we're was, thinking, thinking, we're of, thinking, I was thinking of the song he sang right at the end. <laughs> okay. You know, I shall not want. You know, okay. That's awesome. You know what me and Matt were thinking of? What? Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> the most pivotal, the, the like yeah. most important <laughs> moment in the movie where they've finally made it to the mountain. Oh, to Mordor. To Mordor. Uh, and they're climbing up the side of the mountain and Frodo can't go anymore. Yeah. And Sam's like, Sam well, I like, can't carry it, but I can carry you. I can't carry you, Mr. Frodo. Or I can't carry it, Mr. Frodo, but I can carry, carry you. you. <laughs> I mean, Ruth, Sean Austin says that. Little Mikey from Goonies. <laughs> Rudy and picks up Frodo and carries him up the hill. Come on, man. Come on. That's awesome. Anyway. <laughs> That was the end of the message for me. You got me. You yeah. got me right there. I actually started crying. So are you saying my messages are irrelevant until you can make a connection to Lord of the Rings? Is that what you're saying? No. Nah. Nah. It just worked out that way. It just made it more spiritual for me. Yeah. But that, yeah, Ooh. that was it, though. That that was good. That was good. That, yeah. That was, you should have used that, mic. though. You should have used the <laughs> no, Frodo, and, <laughs> Frodo and Sam. That was no, good. Shit. <laughs> mm. no. They can so, watch the movie, read yeah. the book. So what did y'all, what What was the song? That Shall you said? Not Want. Shall Not Want. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, it made him think. Of, made him think. I, I could see how you made that connection. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it actually says in the song, when I can't take another step. step Lord, will you carry me? Will you carry me? Come on. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, I guess that's kind of the same thing. I, <laughs> did you did you notice me on the front row? Oh yeah. I mean, I was I, I was about to start walking. Right up here on I was the front about row. to start walking in the spirit. That that song <laughs> that song bops, man. And when those key changes come, bop. It's it, <laughs> it's, a it's bop. awesome. Man. All right. Well, then, speaking of music. Uh, well, you what, manipulated me with it. Yeah, I'm just telling you right now. So what what we said we would do today is kind of give you guys a little bit more of a uh, behind-the-scenes look in terms of worship. And uh, one thing I was thinking about as we were doing this, um, obviously, I've got some background in worship. Uh, you know, Matt obviously leads uh, each and every Sunday. So I was thinking hit. Mine and his perspective is going to be more similar. And I know that, Joey, I know you're you're privy to a lot of this. Like, you understand it. You know what's going on to, to some degree. You won't, you don't, you don't know it at least at the, at the depth that we do, obviously, like the little, the details of it and things right. like that. So I would say you're probably going to be more inclined to think of what the questions would be that the average listener of this podcast would have in regards to this so mm-hmm. i'm i'll try to think of those i know matt probably has too yeah but as as he kind of works through some of this and talks about <laughs> it you may think of something that you you know what i'm saying i'm just sure. saying like you're probably going to think of questions that he and i yeah, yeah, so, yeah for sure anyway so um uh, you want to take it sure um so i guess i'll start with the way we normally do uh sunday we sang my testimony um one that's super singable and easy and our church loves it. Uh, and then we brought back a new song that we've been introducing called what he's done. Very, um, there's something about that song that's very like, has a little bit of like a hymn feel to it. Like, 
like uh, in the chorus, my future is heaven. I thank God for what he's done. Uh, and then we introduced a, a brand new song that's actually really popular right now called I Speak Jesus. Um, and a lot of people responded really well to it. And then after the message, of course, we did Shall Not Want, um, which is an awesome song. It's probably one of my favorites. But um, I really don't know where to start. Should we just go with how from the very get-go, like how do I plan worship? And Yeah, I, I think that's, <clears throat> that's going to be probably one of the primary questions that people sitting out in the crowd is like, how do you... How do you come up with your the songs you're going to yeah. sing? How you yeah. pick? And yeah. and where do you have a library? I mean, or do you just do you get it off YouTube? I mean, like where yeah. where where do you find this stuff? Yeah, yeah. So um, one of the I will say this: like there is there is a library of songs that I have in a Spotify playlist of like these songs we have sang before. Like these are things that these are songs that the church is going to be familiar with, everything like that. Um, but one of the things that I would say is that helps start the process is you and I will usually try to talk. Um, what's the series about? What direction are we headed? Um, what's what's the text in the scripture going to say? All those types of things. And then things that I try to hit big on uh, is obviously like spirit and truth. <laughs> like we want whatever we're singing, we want it to be true. Um, we won't, we don't want to just, you know, um, sing something that the Bible <laughs> doesn't say is true. Um, and so one thing that I try to focus on big time is exalting God himself. Uh, John 12, 32, when I'm high and lifted up, I will draw him into myself. And so, um, exalting God and praising him, um, for what he's done, his works, his mighty acts, I actually read a Psalm uh, Psalm 66 on Sunday in between songs that talks about that, like praising God for what he's done. Um, and then from there, I'll try to hone in on like where the message is going. But two big things that like I always look for is, is the song singable? Because the, like, let's just be honest, there's worship songs out there that are awesome and yeah. incredible, but they're not Easy Con congregation yeah, songs. Yeah, they're good to listen to on the way to work, right? But not necessarily. Yeah, and I church. and and like, trust me, I've got a bank full of those that that I I look at all the time, and I'm like, man, we I wish we could do these, but they're just not very singable songs. They're yeah. not easy to catch on with. And sometimes I'll throw something else in there about that. Um, occasionally, there'll be a song like that that can be based on who's singing it. Yes. Mm -hmm. So for instance, there may be a female led song that where could Holly get up there and belt it out? Absolutely. But everybody may not be able to sing with her. Right. And based on the key that it's in or whatever. But if we bring it down and Matt leads it, or it could be vice versa. It could be Matt could get up there and belt it out at the top of his range, <laughs> but no man in the room is going to be able to sing with him. Now, some right. of the ladies might be able to sing with him, but no man in the room could sing with him. Whereas if we put it in a key for Holly or Kelsey or Amanda or whoever, and, and a girl sings it at a, in a different key, it's actually more comfortable. So that yeah. that's something, because sometimes people will have questions about that. Say, they'll say, I love that song. I hear it on the radio mm -hmm. or I've got that album. But why do y'all let so and so sing it? Shouldn't and usually it's a it's a male female thing, right? Yeah. Like right. why why is Matt singing it? Why is Kelsey not singing it? Or why is Holly not singing? Or whoever. Anyway, so that that's why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's that's something else that I was going to talk about as well is keys. Um, this is just like kind of worship insider information, but usually the key of A is like a really friendly guy key. 
Um, and the key of D is a really friendly girl key. So that's like, what a beautiful name, uh, King of Kings, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually songs that are in A, I'll lead, and that's singable for most men. Um, and then same thing for, you know, the key of D. Um, but um, what, I, I was going to ask, since you're right there on that men and women type thing, that is kind of one of the one of the beefs that a lot of guys have with worship is that most worship songs are written from a female perspective. Like, you know, uh, then you, it's so much so that you get guys like Tim Hawkins out there making jokes. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, Lord, I don't want to touch the Lord's face, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Or yeah. So yeah, make it have, more of man. Could it be more manly? I mean, what is, what is your take on that? Like, how do you, I mean, yeah, how do you address that? I, I do prefer songs that like, cause I, I understand like f- for a lot of, men um singing seeming like you're singing the same thing over and over and over which is what a lot of those songs tend to do mm-hmm. can get restless and tiring and too it's like what are we singing like and so well and there's i think joey's alluding to the intimacy aspect yeah, right yeah. well yeah 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 and so so one of the things that i've really been trying to uh, hone in on on the last couple of years is like i heard somebody say this one time um singing deeper into the knowledge of the gospel, mm-hmm. um, which is what really um, convinced me personally just for us to start singing, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Like yeah. there's so much knowledge and depth of theology and worship in that because, um, you know, those intimate mm-hmm. worship songs or whatever are not, sometimes they can be nice in the moment, but when you hit a hard moment in life, Mm-hmm. Those don't tend to help as much as, right? Like the second verse in "Yet Not I." The night is dark, but I'm not forsaken. Right. Yeah. For by my side, the Savior He will stay. Yeah. Like right. the like those songs that we've learned as we've sung together, they 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 stick better and they actually help mm-hmm. enter outside of a worship gathering. And I also think age plays a lot into that because mm-hmm. I mean, guys, guys of you know, say in their 30s or older, can remember growing up in a church singing church hymns. Yeah, that's right. And so hymns were more about singing about God versus singing to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so praise and worship really turned that corner and really got the worshiper to focus more on God, singing to Him, and having and that's more intimate. Yeah. It was just easier to sing about God as a dude, yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know... You know, I, holding my hands in the garden, walking through the garden. You know, right. it's like I can sing that as a guy, but you know, Lord, you know, I want to see your face. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's wanna, a different world. I want to feel you feel that. You know, those yeah. kind of, when you start getting into that kind yeah. of stuff, and and I don't think people think. I think it's easy to write it off. Uh, that kind of stuff, those intimate type worship songs, and I I think I'm speak for y'all when I say this. There's definitely a place for those for yeah. sure. Yeah. They yeah. Be, they belong. We're not Absolutely. saying that we shouldn't sing that kind of stuff at all, mm. but those things tend to nat- come more naturally for females to sing yeah. and because they don't they don't have that element that's in there that a guy would have and it's not that you know because it's easy to write that off and to say well you're just thinking about it incorrectly yeah. right well yeah maybe so but it still don't change the fact of you know we're a we're a church in rural Alabama, mm-hmm. and we got a lot of good old boys that hunt and fish, and, I mean, they're just man's, men's right. men, yeah. right? Yeah. And the room is full of them, and it's 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 real quick. I mean, if they're not – if they if they don't walk into the room 100% on point spiritually, yeah, 
then they can real quickly go to, why am I singing about Jesus like he's my boyfriend? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I'm just I mean, being honest. Right. Yeah. You're right. That's how they feel. And so, yeah. and, and, you know, are they wrong for that? Yeah. In some sense they mm. are, but they, it's also expecting a whole lot of them to walk in the room and be 100% on point spiritually from the jump. Right. right. So right. Yeah. Cause it's not like we can expect Matt to get up there and sing a song like uh, Tim Hawkins sings. It's like, you know, get me a Coke from the fridge, Lord. Give yeah. me a Coke from the fridge. Bring me some nachos. You know yeah. I mean? Like yeah. you, you, you can't expect it to be a guy friendly top scenario because <laughs> yeah. if that was the case, you'd be like, okay, we're not at church. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings right now. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyway. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Sorry. I just, yeah. yeah. I do have a question since we're kind of, okay. since it was mentioned about hymns and stuff, how conscious are you in terms of like, you know, choosing, doing old hymns versus newer stuff? You know, obviously you're young, yeah. so you're going to be more heavier on the newer stuff versus hymns. Yeah. But it, we do it, like you said, we're in rural Alabama, so we have a ton of older folks that just love those old hymns and they always wonder why we don't do more. Do you want to yeah. speak to that? So I'll say this, um, just in case there's any questions about it. Like I grew up in a Southern Baptist church that sang nothing but hymns. Mm. Um, and it was a stretch and I was kind of, I guess in that sweet spot where like praise and worship was really starting to become popular with people my age. Um, when I was in like, you know, middle school and high school and stuff like that. And so I was there and want like, and I had that feeling of like, man, like I love these hymns, but I really wish we sang some praise and worship or, you know, some contemporary stuff every now and then, um, vice versa. And so being in a setting like this, where most of what we do is contemporary and like praise and worship, I am very conscious about, um, hymns and stuff. And I, and, and I even told the worship team, like one of the, one of our goals for this year is to try and do more hymns, um, to try to not let like two Sundays go by without doing a hymn um, because, and I, and I will say this, like one of the the arguments that I experienced when we were growing up against contemporary worship making its way into the church was, oh, it's not theologically solid. Mm. But if you really put some of them hymns under the microscope, oh yeah, some yeah. of them ain't there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. um, and so I think it was just one of those things where like this is so outside of the norm. Um, in terms of music and stuff like that, that it made a lot of people who grew up with him only stuff kind of nervous at first. But if you, I mean, a lot of the songs, and I do, man, we we really take a hard look at lyrics before we sing anything on a Sunday morning. And everything has to pass the check of, is this backed by scripture? Is this in the word and stuff like that? Um, but I do think about hymns all the time. And I even, honestly, like, there's some songs that people would not necessarily consider, hey, that is a hymn, but it's it's so singable and so um, it's it's just one of the become one of those newer core songs of the church, like Living Hope, Oh Praise the Name, Yet Not I, But Through Christ in May, stuff like that, that in some sense, in retrospect, I'm standing back and I'm like, man, those are like modern day hymns. Like those mm -hmm. are going to be around for a really, really long time. Right. Yeah. And so, right. yeah, maybe I think people need to just kind of, I think people need to chill with that across the board on both mm -hmm. sides of the aisle because it's like you need to you need to move forward with the understanding of you know the way we've said it a lot is just because it's old doesn't mean it's bad and just because it's new doesn't mean it's good and also the the exact opposite is true yeah you know just because it's new doesn't mean it's bad and just because it's you know 
old doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. Right. You know? So yeah. the both are yeah. Yeah. And I and I understand there's always a little bit of like that sentimental for even for me. Like yeah. like when when all of a sudden a hymn comes out and it's like, Man, I ain't sang this in like ten years kind right. of thing. And there's there's that little bit of like sentimental, like, oh, I remember like growing up singing this. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah. But um all right, so w- w- just jump in on like the behind the scenes, yeah, kind of sure. stuff. Yeah, go ahead. So tell them, yeah, tell them what it's like. Tell them what's like on stage. So, on stage. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so on stage, I'm I'm gonna try to like get through some of this stuff pretty quickly. Y'all, y'all just let me know if I'm like over explaining or over talking on anything. But um, just a couple of things. So, um, you might hear what sounds like a pad in a certain key or whatever on a Sunday morning. Um, that comes from my iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically all that does is kind of gives us a little bit of like bed music, whatever, um, for, and it really helps with transitions and stuff like that. It helps when maybe the band playing would be a little too loud at the end of your sermon or at the end of whatever, mm-hmm. but we need a little something there. And that, so that's kind of, I there. wish, I wish we had an example of what a pad is. Cause that made the word itself. Yeah. Um, actually I could play a little bit of something. Hang on just a second and let me pull it up here. Um, so this would be an example of a pad. And that's all it is. It's just just kind of the, the, the floor. Yeah. I need a moment. It's just kind of the floor of what the rest of the band plays on top of. Joey's saying, everybody bow your head and close yeah, your eyes. That's, right, close your that's eyes. right. So that's kind of I what I see that hand in the back of the room. <laughs> yeah. Somebody came from Shelby County. <laughs> so if you're ever hearing that, because I have had, I've had some, some people. Will get that, that. Was a throwback oh, right oh, there. Oh, that's a throwback. Um, some will get that. <laughs> so I have had some people ask me like, hey, what is, what is that iPad that you're touching? What is that for? That's where those pads come from. Right. Um, and it kind of frees the band up like Zoe, our keys player, to do more than, you know, to actually be able to play piano and stuff like that. Um, right. There's also, um, should we go ahead and get into the click and loop? Sure. So, sure. so like we talked about last week, um, we wear in-ears. We don't have floor monitors or anything. And so because of that, we're able to run what we call click tracks and loops. Um, a click track is basically something that, keeps the band together and in time um we don't have to wonder about if we're together or whatever um and i guess i'll get into the the track in just a second but this is literally what we hear in our ears every song whether there's a loop or not and i'll explain that in just a second but this is a click track so kind of weird but that's like the timing so that this is the click track for Shall Not Want. Would you be my light? So that was the click track for uh, Shall Not Want. So here, this is what, like for this past Sunday, this is what you would hear from the, from if you were in the congregation, this is what you would hear uh, for like the first song. And this is the one that Kelsey led, My Testimony. So that's what you you guys are hearing. Here's what we're hearing in our ears. Ready for this? This is going to, and I'm going to just start it from the very beginning so they can hear it. Intro. Two, three, four. Drums are in. Kick, kick. Intro. Two, three, And then the four. acoustic. So this is what we're hearing in our ears. There's a click, 
And there's a God Verse, two, three, telling us four. where to go next. And then there's a, a few instruments that maybe we don't have on stage or something that's like, hey, this does add a lot to the song. We could really use that. We have those as well. And so... What, yeah. So like you could add a bass player if you didn't have a bass player, <clears throat> right? Or, yeah. So you like you you heard there when that when that particular click track started when the music came in the the kick drum was not there. What's well, because Shannon's playing it live on stage, and so right. he can cut things on and off based on what we what is needed. Mm-hmm. And like Matt said, the majority of all the music, like the rhythm section, it, they're playing it all live on yeah. stage. It's all coming from their fingers. Right. The, the, the difference is, like he said, if uh, a good example of a song that people are really... Well, that one you heard like the, the strings and stuff mm-hmm. in the background. You know, there may be a, a string section or a harp. Well, we don't have a harpist yeah <laughs> what we, we don't got we don't have anybody to play or an organ you yeah, know what I mean? an organ or the flute live on stage and yeah. so what? or a good example <laughs> is the song that was so popular for so long the um um the chris tomlin song uh uh and if our god is for us oh yeah then who yeah what's uh, the name of the song? our god our god yeah, at the very yeah. beginning well, it of it. Off, it's got a oh it's got, got those violins violin yeah. part yeah yeah and so it's got if you just wanted to do that version with those mm-hmm. well it's like we don't have a string section of four violins and four cellos right. and things like that so yeah um, so if i wanted to add more cowbell <laughs> i can't add any instruments that aren't already in there I yeah. Gotcha. um yeah but I gotcha. ba- but basically it's it's really helpful and i'll say this um i'll just go ahead and admit it like uh the the second Sunday of January we were without a bass player and that's where these actually really came in handy we were able to just put the bass into the track mm-hmm. and that way um we we didn't have to go without it and we could still be full band yeah how many how many churches do you think actually operate like this um in the contemporary like, if like they, using if, click tracks and if, stuff. if if they do contemporary style music stuff like us probably every single one of them the vast okay. majority of them unless they're just resources don't allow right yeah like if they're small they're if they're really small mm-hmm. um and the like i said you know as long as resources allow at very least at very least like if you go to the to the top of the heap like the 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 largest churches there are they're at very least using a click track. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So how would you how would you answer somebody? Say a listener is just heard that. Yeah, and they're thinking to themselves, "Man, they're just phoning it in. Yeah, like they're just faking <laughs> it up there. Like what 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 would be your response well, to that? I, because I, I understand that takes talent. Yeah. to be able to to work well, with those. I'll say first off, you'd be surprised the number of songs that they do that doesn't have any instruments in it at all. Right. All, mm-hmm. all it is is a click track mm. and a vocal guide. Yes. Like mm-hmm. that's it. And and so so for that reason, they're they're wrong right out of the gate because all the music in in most of those situ most a, a large percentage of songs, all of the music is coming from yeah. the people standing on stage. Right. Yeah. Right. And I and like a good example of what you just said is so um Sunday, our first three songs had a click and a loop track with a guide, mm-hmm. but Shall Not Want had nothing but right. a click. Nothing. Right. 
but a click to hold us together. Um, so yeah, it's and Shannon and Shannon he controls all that with his laptop. Yes, right, so, so Shannon Shannon has a laptop back there, um, and and he controls and starts and stops everything. Sometimes we can automate, and sometimes um, like Sunday morning, I think between the first and second song, I spoke a little bit, and so like he would stop it there and let me speak, and then start it mm -hmm. when I was done. So um, has click tracks ever caused you not to deviate? Like say you just got spirit led and said, I want to, I want to sing this again or. No. Um, and in fact, it's in some ways helpful when those moments come because, um, like we can finish out a song and the click still keep going for that oh, song. Okay. And, um, and there's been times where, uh, like, Hey, we're finished with this song, but I feel like we should sing that chorus again, or, Hey, let's go back to the bridge or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of like, kind of turn my head a little bit and look at the band and be like, y'all just follow me and we're, we're going. Okay. Um, so you so, still have freedom. Yes. Yeah. There's still freedom. And, and actually, um, <laughs> I actually thought about talking about this a little bit because, one of the biggest arguments against stuff like this is, well, what about like being the spirit Sp leading spontaneous, spontaneous yeah. worship and stuff like that? Um, and I've done a lot of digging and I can say this because these people have said this themselves mm. in their own, you know, YouTube channels and whatever. A lot of spontaneous moments are practiced. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, like, yeah. like, a majority of even like with Bethel and stuff like that, like mm. they practice their spontaneous moments. Yeah. yeah. The crowd so, never knew. Yeah. And also, you know, like he's saying, there's, there's still tons of flexibility in it in yeah. the way that the songs are break broken up in the, in the tracks. Um, so, you know, the question that somebody would get, like if they're really interested from a musical side, they would say, okay, well, what about, if you are using one that has a loop and you're in a particular part of the song, say you're in a bridge and it's got that violin part that you don't have. And so you're popping that in. So now you have no option to repeat that, but you do like in yeah. the mm -hmm. heat, they can trigger to let's do that. That's let's do that part of the song again and yep. stuff like that. Yeah. Now, generally speaking, you wouldn't do that because usually it's like, when you feel that impression to keep going, usually it's at the end of the song. Yeah. So right, after you've right. after you've worked through the song, you have that impression, and then at that point, like Matt said, they can do whatever they want. There's yeah. nothing. They have nothing holding them down. And if anything, like he said, you've got the click track there, so you know that if you keep going, the band's not going to fall apart. Yeah. Like yeah. They they're there. So, so no matter what's going on this on the stage. Everything is still subject to the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, and so. if if it it, it it actually opens things up for you, you take in say uh, missing instruments out of the take them out of the conversation. Um, you want to talk about like starts and stops and punches and yeah. things like that. Like, I mean, yeah, you can do that stuff without a click track. You can just put musicians on stage and play that, but it's like you know let that fall apart on you one time. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's oh, like, yeah, you, you oh, I've be seen it. Th sitting there thinking about everybody sitting at zero mm -hmm. and you can go from zero to a hundred on a dime because you have that click in your ear telling yeah. you exactly when to do it. So mm. that's a, uh, yeah, that, that it's a huge advantage in that regard. Yeah. It's what I, I was going to say, cause you know, that click that you're talking about and stuff, man, it's so hard for me not to go into our mission and vision statement. Yeah. But, uh, but um, it's interesting because, like, we'll do a, sometimes with guys to we'll, we'll memorize the books of the Bible, right? 
and we're going through and memorizing the books of the Bible well, and they get it down. They get all 66 books. I could call them at any time. I could say, all right, Genesis through Revelations, go. Right. And boom, they crush it, right? But then I'll change it up on them, mm-hmm. and we'll use a metronome yeah. or click. You know, right. it's just, you know, it's just this click, yeah. click rhythm kind of thing. I'll say, okay, now I want you to say all 66 books of the Bible in rhythm with that click. They can't get, they can't even get, past the prophets like they can't even get out of the books of the law they're because they they get their own rhythm and they say it to their own thing and i say that to say for you guys to be able to play in line with a click like that Mm -hmm. is extreme talent and anybody that's ever done that with me with a metronome and saying all 66 books of the bible in rhythm um will attest to that fact, it mm. is extremely harder to do it the way you guys are doing it. The yeah. uh, one thing, Matt, I don't know where you're going to go next, but I was going to uh, ask you to talk about this. I mean, I could, but I know you can probably better. Is um, the vocal guide how it came on and it said, you "Yeah, know, uh, what did it, what was the first thing that it said?" Uh, it it would first say one. like intro, intro, or like with this one. So let me let me just. Uh, and I'll, I'll actually mute the click or turn the click way down so you guys can hear it. So this would be, here comes verse. Verse two, three, four. I saw Satan fall lightning. Yeah. So the vocal guide is it tremendously um, helpful in terms of, I'll just say it the most plain way I know how to say it, brain farts. So, yes. <laughs> so that, the, you know, that he that God is letting the band know this is the part of the song that we're going to so that you don't, because otherwise if you try to use some type of hand signals, but your hands are tied up because you're playing a guitar, you're yep. playing a keyboard or whatever, it, that, that part can just get, get really confusing. Um, but talk about like other options there, like what you could do as opposed to having an autumn, like a vocal guide in the, in the track like that. There's, there are some people that don't do that. They do it a different way. Wait, wait what do you say? Like that? a, a of, instead of a vocal guide built into the the track like yeah. that, d- someone using say like a musical director on stage or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, so and we actually have this on our stage. Um, there's a there's a thing called usually normally it's called talkback, yeah. a talkback microphone on stage. Um, for us, it's set up where the bassist usually stands, and all this is is a microphone that nobody else but the band can hear when somebody talks into it. Right. Um, And so where it play, and that's where for that kind of scenario where you, maybe you've got a click, but you don't have cues, you don't have a guide or whatever you can have um, what most people call a music director or a worship director whose only job is to literally direct the band through that, talk back microphone like hey here comes the verse two three um and a lot of your bigger churches your elevations your bethels your highlands and stuff like that they'll use those guys um they'll usually have those on stage um for us it's when joey throws us a curveball right (laughs) no that doesn't happen so and i'll say this i will say this um we've had that thing set up for probably two going on three years now. And the amount of times that we've used yeah. it is probably less than five. Right. But when we have had to use it, it is like a lifesaver for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Because normally it's like, Hey y'all, Joey just said something about like cutting the song short or he, he said this, so let's do this song instead. The, and I can sit there back, sit back there and tell him like, Hey, so we're going to start at the bridge. 
blah 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 what you know whatever right. um so. it's it's a little awkward to do it in our setting um we're large enough to where matt can get away with it as far as the room is what i'm talking about but like he said if you get into like a really large church where the stage is you know half the size of half our sanctuary that's yeah. mm-hmm. that's where you know th- there could be a guy sitting in the on the back of the stage uh, talking the entire time and no one would notice. Yes. Espe- yeah. especially if he's not lit really well. Yeah. So, and usually if you get into those those type of churches, usually that's what it is. It's a guy. One, uh, that person's going to have a few qualities. One is they're a ringer of a musician. Yep. Usually it's a keyboard player because they can kind of steer a lot more. It, it, if it's not a keyboard player, then it's an acoustic guitar player. Yeah, but it's going to be someone who can essentially direct the band and the entire band can follow him or her with their instrument alone. And so, but it usually it's a ringer, someone who has a great depth of knowledge in terms of music um, in case, you know, whatever song, like the, the pastor turns around and says, man, we should sing whatever. And he may pull something from what he may pull a hymn, from yeah. the 1800s, mm. or he could name the song that came out last week. And so it's going to be somebody with a huge depth of knowledge of songs mm. that has a great ear that can that can find the key, find the key that they need to be in, and play that song on on the spot. Um, and in some pastors' uh, circumstances, there are pastors out there who like to just spontaneously start singing. Yeah, mm. and so you have to have someone who is musically musically gifted enough to just pick up and start playing with them. Yeah. And so, uh, and then communicate that to the rest of the band. So in that scenario, that musical director, his microphone, like Matt said, is not heard by the congregation. He may be sitting there saying, you know, he may be calling out numbers for chords. He may, yeah. And usually that's what it is. They'll function off the number system, or he may just be calling out chords. He may be saying, we're, you know, we're going from G now here comes the C now here comes the E minor, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. He may be doing that. And then, like Matt said, directing them just like our vocal guy does. Okay, here comes the chorus, that yeah. kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a little more flexible. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the, that's kind of like the the farthest degree, I guess you yeah. would say of this. Yeah, yeah. and um, for a lot of you guys that are listening, if you, I don't know, I can't say for certain about Facebook, but if if you have an Instagram account and you happen to follow Elevation Worship, they actually just posted a video yesterday. Of, or no, maybe it wasn't yesterday. Maybe it was a couple of weeks ago. I saw it yesterday of um, Stephen Furtick was actually ending a sermon and they showed how that moment happens yeah. from the worship director's point of view. Like you mm. can hear what he's saying and they're, they're literally, they're talking like, oh, he might go rattle. He might, he might start singing rattle and they start playing rattle behind, you know, <laughs> and all of a sudden like it's, it's happening. Yeah. Right. So it's really cool to watch. If you've never seen it, you can look up stuff on YouTube and watch it. It's, it's really neat. But hmm. those those guys are geniuses in yeah. operating on the fly like well, that. Well, and he's he's a musical guy. Yeah, Furtick is. And yeah, so, that's helpful. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Anytime you got a guy like, it's probably more likely that I would do something like that in a sermon than Joey would. Mm-hmm. Even though you've yeah. done that before, you yeah. know what I'm saying. Yeah. But like, if I hear it and I know it's the key and I can recognize the song, yeah. there wouldn't be if it if it was like in the moment and I felt like that's where God was leading. There'd be no reason why I wouldn't start singing a song that I knew Matt was playing. Right. But see that that's just because of the musical background. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, one thing that um, oh my gosh, my voice keeps cracking. Uh, one thing that um. I kind of wanted to hit on because a lot of people sometimes will complain about like complexity of music Mm -hmm. versus in worship versus secular music. 
Um, and they'll, they'll talk about, I've heard a lot of things said like, man, like we, y'all could do so much more instrumentally or whatever, like, or, you know, whatever, when secular music a lot of times has like crazy guitar solos and all this kind of stuff. Um, and one of the big differences between the two types of music there is worship music. The music is there for the lyrics. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's there to back the lyrics and really like follow the lyrics dynamically. Like that's mm-hmm. why in a lot of your songs where you're talk, you're getting to that moment of like the resurrection or, you know, like, uh, then out of the silence, our roaring lion declare like that moment is a big moment and the music calls for that. And mm-hmm. so like, uh, it, it follows that those lyrics, like the music is there to support the lyric and serve the lyric. So yeah, the I end, got, end goal is just different. Yeah. yeah. I got a perfect example of that, of like, you know, the music or the, you know, the style of the music really has to match the lyrics. Yeah. Um, we were, I think we were driving to my mother's house and had, my wife and both guys in the car and we were uh we were pulling in and I remember there was a song on the radio and I, I I think it was on WDJ DJC, but they were playing a song, It Is Well with My Soul, which yeah. everybody knows, right? It's kinda almost like at one of those anthem type songs for us. And uh but it was to put to the music of like, you know, almost kind of like um almost club music like you know <laughs> yeah. what i'm saying yeah. and 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 i went and i'm driving and i heard it i immediately picked up on the song and i went yeah those two don't go together yeah and and, and they were trying to make it happen they're like it is well with my soul like you know what i'm saying and, yeah. and i'm sitting here thinking of horatio spafford you know mm. looking at the spot where his you know, he lost his wife and kids to the water but yeah. what the funniest thing happened though we're driving and, and I'm hearing it, and I'm thinking to myself, those two don't go together. And out of nowhere, in the backseat, Tyson Hill goes, what the heck is this? <laughs> <laughs> and I went, well, it's a worship song. He went, what? That's not a worship song. I mean, he was, like, taking yeah. issue with it. And he was like, I've never heard this before. And when I told him the original song, he went, Oh, they should have left enough alone. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but that's a perfect example of how you got to match mm-hmm. the lyrics. Yeah, the lyrics have to drive it. Yeah, it's it's and it's obviously like too. It's not a show. Like there's there's times when you know, like man, like a drum breakdown would really be good here, or you know, yeah. whatever. But for the most part, like just because um, you can doesn't mean you should. Exactly. 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 So um, another thing that. Maybe people have noticed by now. It's been there for about two years. Maybe they haven't noticed yet. Is there's a TV on the back wall of the sanctuary, um, and that is what we call a confidence monitor. Um, <laughs> so basically, um, that is for when we get brain farts and forget lyrics. Uh, so basically, Biden's teleprompter. <laughs> 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 so. <laughs> I know. Um, I deserved it. I'm kidding. <clears throat> oh, yeah, we're not that kind of show. But um, so literally, like that. That's kind of what that is for. Like if because because we try to not like look at our music and you know we try to engage and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but there are times where you can be as prepared as ever and you can have everything memorized and and you get up in front of people and you can get so comfortable that your brain just you know what, I'm going to forget everything right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's happened to me (laughs) plenty of times. Yeah, especially when you're doing, I will tell, you know, 
if you if you play an instrument, you know, then you you understand this. But if you don't, it's like you know, music is a language, yeah. right? And when you are playing music and singing at the same time, yes, don't get me wrong, it it comes very naturally to a lot of people. Um, but in reality, what you're doing is you're speaking two languages at the same time. Yeah. Mm. you're speaking one with your hands, but also your head is involved. Obviously you have to be thinking about what you're doing. And so that's what you're doing. You're speaking one language with your hands and one language with your mouth. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite the, it can, it can, there are moments where you, your, your brain will just absolutely lock up in, in doing that. And not to mention that you're thinking about all the stuff that Matt's talked about is this song as congregational as I felt like it was? Yeah. It, are, are, am I leaving the guys behind? Are we leaving the ladies behind? Or, mm. you know, uh, do, does the band know where I'm about to go next, you know, for whatever reason? And so that's some of the, the tools that he's talked about today. I think those are, um, the, that's, that's what makes them as, you know, more useful than anything is it kind of eliminating some of those variables. Yeah. 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 So, so I have Definitely. I have one final question. I think if I'm sitting in the crowd and I'm trying to figure out like, you know, how do I how how is my worship experience enhanced? You know, what can I do to enhance that worship experience as a worship leader, one who comes in, obviously sees it from a different perspective because yeah. you're on the stage, but you still have to come in prepared. Prepared is not just being able to perform, right. you know, prepared is in your heart, yep. in your mind, in your soul, all that kind of stuff. So like, what do you have any tips or anything that, you know, you do, or maybe you could help our people say, yeah. okay, all right, here's something to consider on Sunday mornings before you get here, or maybe even a few days before. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's one thing I actually had somebody ask me something similar to that a couple of weeks ago. Um, I would say this, especially, and I've, you've probably seen it or heard it before on social media. Um, Sunday morning church is a Saturday night decision. Um, mm, mm. And, and that's especially true for us. Um, we're, we, Cherish and I are, are careful about how late we stay out. If we go mm-hmm. to see family or, or we're out doing something on a Saturday, um, we're careful about how late we stay out because I know the alarm's going to go off the next morning. Mm-hmm. And, if I stay up super late or if I stay out too late or whatever, I'm not going to want to get up. Mm. And if I'm, and I just knowing me personally, if I don't get enough sleep, I'm in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, I'm always, even like at the beginning of the day on Saturday, I'm, I'm constantly reminding myself, Hey, like, Hey, church is tomorrow. Mm. Um, and what I'll try to do most of the time is, um, Sunday night, like I'll sit down, um, probably about an hour before like we go to bed and I'll just kind of like, I'll go downstairs and get alone. And that's usually when like, I'll read a Psalm, I'll kind of pray, get my mind fixed on the next day. Um, and usually that's where I find like what I'm going to read. If I read a Psalm or read a passage of scripture or something, that's usually how I find it, mm-hmm. um, is the night before I'm reading and just kind of getting my heart ready for the next day. And then I'm like, man, this will be really good to read tomorrow morning. And so like that, that, that I'll do that. Um, I will say one thing that is helpful, especially when it comes to like engaging in worship from a singing standpoint is 
um, we actually put all of our songs that we're going to do mm-hmm. that Sunday in a Spotify playlist on the the church's Spotify account, and it's public. You can see it, um, so you can like go and save it, and it'll automatically update each week. Mm-hmm. And so you can just click on that playlist. Usually, it's updated at the latest by Thursday. Mm-hmm. And so you, as early as Thursday, sometimes even earlier, you can say, "Hey, these are the songs that we're going to be singing this week. I like that mm-hmm. song. Oh, that's a new one. Let me go ahead and listen to it a little bit." so that I can better engage in worship come time to sing that with the congregation on Sunday morning. In that yeah. same vein, do you do you agree with this statement? Uh, familiarity can produce a deeper worship experience, like a familiarity with the song? Yes, uh, absolutely, I think so. And that's actually where one of the, like there's kind of like a, it's not a secret, but there's kind of like a quote-unquote secret to introducing new songs. Um, they say the best way to do it is anytime you introduce a new song, do it two Sundays in a row, take a break, and do it again on that mm-hmm. fourth Sunday. And it, it kind of gets it really familiar with your congregation so that by the time you've done it that third time, people are familiar with it yeah. by and large, and it helps them better engage and sing mm-hmm. along and all that kind of stuff. So, And I, I do wish that people uh, – I've said this a lot, and um, – I wish that everyone at some point in time could experience being on the stage while worship was happening with the mm. congregation worshiping <laughs> or not worshiping. Mm. Yeah. Or like and when I mm. say that, I know that that's I know I'm I'm a way oversimplifying it because I'm not saying that physically, but anyway, you there is a there is when I shouldn't say worshiping, engaging in some way, shape, or form, even yeah. if you're just sitting there singing the words. I'm not necessarily yeah. saying that you have to be like, you know, <laughs> what's the you know touchdown Jesus kind of thing or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to be all hands yeah. up and all that, but just engaging as in singing along. It's corporate worship. It's for the mm. body of Christ to come and to worship together. So if there's no engagement uh, whatsoever, it, it really, it, it, you, the people on the stage have to really fight for that not to have an impact on them. Yeah. And so uh, Matt does his job on his end. They do their job on their end, but he, you know, stressing to them that we cannot let that impact what, you know, what yeah. we do there. But right, right. there's something, there's something special about that relationship between the worship leaders, plural, and the the congregation, the people, God's people in the seats, and just when 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 both are actively engaging in worship, there's something there's something supernatural there. I mean, we could talk about it, we could speculate. You know, I could say, you know, God inhabits the praises of His people. So if they're worshiping and they're worshiping, it's like you know, it kind of creates a, a spot that's conducive for for mm-hmm. the Spirit of God to work in their midst, to between them, kind of thing. Yeah, I think I'm probably getting charismatic and over spiritualizing it there to a degree that's what i'm saying mm. we could speculate i'm there's something mysterious about it though yeah that mm. takes place when the congregation comes in and i think it probably has more to do with just unity in yeah. the building yeah and more than anything but um i, I for that reason i wish people could experience it from mm. the stage side of things well and that's something to um i actually talked to the worship team before um, doing this, and I asked them, hey, is there anything you guys want me to mention? And one of them specifically brought up, um, like, hey, like, I, like we know that we're worship leaders, and, like, no matter what our role is on stage, we're still a leader in that, mm-hmm. but we're also human. And yeah. there, there's, and just how, like, maybe it was a fight for you to get up and get your family to church mm-hmm. or whatever, um, 
they're they're human too. And you know, there's gonna be some days, and I've experienced these where it's like, man, like I'd really like to stay home today. Mm. <laughs> like I'd really rather just lay in the bed yeah. or whatever. Um, and I'll be honest, like some of those Sundays where I've had that feeling, but st- stuck to discipline over, you know, whatever, um, have been some of the best Sundays ever, um, where I chose yeah. to continue to get up and get and engage and stuff like that. And, um, and, and they, they, they wanted to me to talk about how they're, they're human too. And there's some Sundays where, um, they just would rather be a, another person in the congregation or, or, in that regard, but specifically they did mention how encouraging it is when everybody is, is participating, Mm -hmm. everybody's engaging, everybody is singing. Um, it, it kind of becomes like that. I'm feeding off of you, you're feeding off of me. And then it just, just like snowballs and keeps going. And, um, man, I, I, I know I say this all the time in our staff meetings, but like, I really wish I could like one by one, let our entire church, see our worship on a Wednesday night with the students Hmm. because it is just like a game changer, man. Like everybody in there engages and um, like some of the best worship moments that I've ever been a part of in life have happened up there in that room with our student ministry. Hmm. Uh, And it's so encouraging. And it's, we walk out of there like, man, we could have done that for another two hours. (laughs) Hmm. That's awesome. So yeah. Um, but yeah, do y'all have any more questions or anything you feel like I left out? Nah, I'm good. No, I'm good. <laughs> so um, the team did. The team did want me to mention that that we do. If 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 you are interested in joining, um, one of the requirements is you have to be addicted to Yoohoo's. Um, so I hate Yoohoo. Yeah, I love that's you-hoos. why I, that's why I stopped participating <laughs> with the worship team. So um, I love and you-hoos. maybe maybe I shake them good though. Yeah, <laughs> you, you good. better shake them good. I hate shake you-hoos. well. Um, mm. but, I'm an Ovaltine guy. Yeah, so maybe maybe you've noticed this if you've walked up and down the halls of the church before, maybe not. Um, but but our team puts in a lot of work behind the scenes. Um, we practice on Tuesday Tuesday evenings. They're there um, at seven thirty in the mornings on Sunday mm-hmm. mornings to sound check and all that. They take time out of their their weeks to practice at home to learn music, everything. And so there's a lot more to it than just standing on the stage for 15 minutes of fame kind of thing. Uh, so we try to take care of them. So there is a little bit of a yoohoo addiction that happens in that green mm. room over there. Mm. Um, that that that's the one drink that everybody seems to love. So we keep yoohoo stocked in there for them guys. And uh, except just, me, except except Blake because he's just anti yoohoo. But um, shout out to the team, man. They're they're an awesome group of people. Yeah. And let's give them a hand. And they yeah. do a, a Yeah. <laughs> That's way better. Um, <laughs> but they do they do a lot of good work and, and they genuinely love worship. And uh they're they're such a joy to be be around and this most is just, of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> no. Um but also saying it's not like a closed off group. Um, it's always open invitation. If you have a gift or a talent that God has given you, yeah. whether it's an instrument or singing or whatever, um, come talk to me. We would love to. We're always trying to grow um, because, like like I said, those guys are human, and they would love a little break every now and then yeah. Um, yeah. from being up there every single Sunday. And so um, because of that, that we're always looking for to add more people in to create rotations mm. and stuff like that so that there's no burnout, so that there's no, you know, uh, you get to 
stare at Todd's beautiful mustache every single Sunday or whatever it may be. I told so. him he's looking less and less like Jesus. Yeah. Mustache. He's he, moving. He cut his direction. hair, so. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I feel good about it. This might be officially the longest Sunday gravy ever. How mm. long are we on? But we are blessed. Yeah, we are. One hour, 11 minutes, and 30 seconds. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this is all good. It's what happens when you put Matt. Hopefully you learn. Hopefully, if you listened, you learned something. And uh, mm. did you learn anything? I did. In I terms did. of like the click track and all that. Yeah, I did. I, I when we if we ever do our God, let's put in a little bit of Lecrae and we're good. <laughs> I do like that version. That version box is that not is that not incredible? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, sweet. I guess that's it. Uh, so if you made it to the end of this one, congratulations. And, uh, <laughs> Thanks for sticking it out. You yeah. get a Scooby snack. Uh, yeah. Next time, guys, we'll see you all next week. See you. Sandy Gravy.